Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Hey, good morning, everyone. Baptism Sunday. You guys excited to get baptized? Slightly nervous? Good. We're all here to cheer you on. This is going to be exciting. I'm going to speak just for a short amount of time, and then we get to see them get dunked. And we're going to cheer, right? Brilliant. Um, Hey, this is our first baptism service streamed online as well. So that's exciting too. So welcome to everyone watching online. Um, This is fantastic. Um, Thank you to everyone that um, prays for Lauren and I and the team and asks after us. Um, We have been, uh, this is, it's great to be back in here. We've been on a bit of a church tour. If you've seen what we've been doing online recently, we've been going around all the One Church locations. We are One Church, part of a few different locations. um, And we've been trying to capture what's been going on in those locations and just like show the online community. So that's been really fun. We've been in Canesham and Podsmead and Bristol and now we're back here. So uh, thank you for all your prayers um, and support there. Um, just this week, I was, I was reminded of how um, annoying interruptions are, you know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I had to. That was just funny, though. That's not annoying. Um, because like, we, none of us enjoy getting interrupted, be it like we're in a th- flow of thought and someone cuts that off or we're watching something and it buffers um, or in a good conversation and then that conversation gets interrupted. No one really enjoys being interrupted. Just this week I was working and I had my headphones in and I'm, I'm in a really good flow of thought. You know when you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm making progress here. And my sister who sat opposite me gestures, she, she like gestures this to take your headphones out. Okay, so I take my headphones out. Like, what is it? And she said, I just had a revelation. Okay. That's what she said. Sheep heard a shepherd. (laughs) That's what you interrupted me to, to say. Yes. But now the joke's on me because I'm no longer working, but I'm Googling the etymology of shepherd, and she's right. It's sheep, herder, shepherd. Band, you can come back up. We're going to finish there. Um, <laughs> it was an interruption, and I couldn't get back to work for a good amount of time. Interruptions are never convenient, but I wanted to start by saying this, that there is one interruption in my life that I will be eternally grateful for, and that is when Jesus Christ interrupted my life the the Christian the Christian faith isn't this idea that we found Jesus but it's that Jesus found us Um, and my life has been forever changed by it it says in Psalm 40 verse 2 he lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and the mire and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand is there anyone else in here that is grateful for the divine interruption of Jesus Christ in their life and today my prayer is as we just spend a brief moment coming around the word of God that once again there would be an interruption in our lives a divine interruption that his word would break in and bring transformation hope and faith and life amen come on so to that end let's pray together father thank you for this day 
Thank you, Lord, that we can gather as your church. Thank you for these amazing people that are going to get baptized today and we are celebrating with them. And Lord God, we pray for divine interruptions to take place. God, interrupt our lives this morning, we pray, and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you've got a Bible, you can turn with me. We're going to be reading the words of Jesus today. And they're found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. And we're going to go from verse 1. We are in a teaching series. If you're new to this space, what we tend to do is we'll focus on a topic for a a length of time, and our current teaching series is called Servanthood. So we're looking at what servanthood means, how can we be servants, how can we have a servant-hearted attitude to the things that we see to, and the difference that makes to our lives and to the world that we live in. Um, So we're going to be reading this within the context of that, of servanthood. Are you ready? The words will be on screen behind me if you haven't got a Bible to hand. And these are the words of Jesus when he's delivering a sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then he says this, and when you pray, do not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Stop babbling on your pagans is what he's saying. That's encouraging, isn't it? We can just do short prayers and he hears us. This then is how you pray. He even makes it easy. He gives us an example of prayer. says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, then your Father will not be able to forgive you of your sins. Talks about fasting. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father in heaven, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Finally, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. Powerful words by Jesus there. What I want to do in reading and reflecting on what Jesus has said is bring two things. One is bring us a challenge and two, an encouragement. Is that okay? Challenge and encouragement. And it's in the context of servanthood when we serve and when we give. And this is what Jesus is talking about at the beginning there. The challenge is this. Why do we serve? Why do you serve? 
Like, why do we do what we do? And Jesus is saying, so be careful not to practice your righteous deeds in front of others to be seen by them. Like, that's easier said than done. Like, a few years ago, I got to go on mission to the Philippines, and there was a group of us, and it was an amazing time that we had. Um, Anne was there. I've seen Anne this morning. There she is. We had a great time, didn't we, Anne? Wonderful time. And there was, a, there was a group of us, and one of the pastors wanted to say thank you for what we had done. So he brought us some T-shirts, and there were four guys, and he starts handing the T-shirts out, but it turns out he only had three T-shirts. So he handed one to me, said, thank you, bless you. One to my friend Ryan, thank you, bless you. One to my friend Eddie, thank you, bless you. And then he gets to Hugh, and he says, your reward is in heaven. <laughs> and it's funny, because like, <laughs> Hugh, Hugh just needed to go, thank you, yeah. It's really, Hugh wanted a T-shirt as well. Like, and really, we all want... We all want to be acknowledged and we all want a bit of gratitude and we all, when we do something, we all want someone to say thank you. And if, if you don't believe that, then just hold the door open for someone that doesn't say thank you and watch your reaction. <laughs> like, how quickly does it move from like, I'm doing a kind thing to, I wish that door slammed in their face. <laughs> or let someone in front of you in traffic, if they don't put their hazards on to say thank you, how do we react? <laughs> kind deeds to, I'm gonna run them off the road. Because we all, we all want that, and that's, that's normal, and that's natural. And, and, but Jesus is saying, like, hey, when you serve, when you do good for others, like, don't do it so you get the praise. Don't do it so that you get the glory. This isn't about you. And there's the challenge for us, because I like making things about me. And I like thanks and appreciation and acknowledgement and reward and progress and promotion and those are good things but if those are the primary motivator of why I do what I do and why I do kind deeds and why I serve and why I'm generous or why I serve in church in the context of here then that's the wrong motive like if we were to do a quick um, character study uh, one character from the Old Testament one character from the New Testament like let's take two Joseph and John the Baptist okay we're going to quickly look at those two characters because I think there's some there's some similarities between them both, okay? So both Joseph and John the Baptist. Joseph, John the Baptist, they, they both wore quite extravagant clothing. There's one thing that we can link them with. They both were imprisoned at a time in their life, but they both exemplified servanthood. So Joseph, when he was in Potiphar's house, he served. When he was in prison, he served. When he was with Pharaoh, he served. And then at the end, he saw his dreams um, come, come to, to pass, come into a reality. John the Baptist, he has that wonderful phrase that Jesus, he must increase and I must decrease. He exemplified servanthood. Joseph, all of his dreams came true. John the Baptist, he was beheaded. What that tells me is that the outcome our success when it comes to our serving isn't the main objective. Servanthood, serving, isn't this inconvenient detour on our journey to success. Serving is the journey. And our challenge, you and I, and this is the challenge that I want to bring to us with all the great things that we've heard in this series so far and will continue to hear, is how do we keep our motive in check to make sure we're not doing it for my praise, for my glory, but for the glory of God? for his glory and we're given a clue in there as we talk about that challenge and it's it's prayer so so Jesus like gives us this wonderful like accessible way of praying don't babble on 
Don't make these big, massive prayers. Don't, even our prayer life can be a means of getting attention on ourselves, is what he's saying, which is fascinating, isn't it? But he's saying, when you pray, simple, short prayers. And I think a way that you and I can keep our motives in check when we do good things, when we serve, when we do righteous acts, is just to pray. Like, God, would this be for your glory? God, as I live today, as I serve today, as, I, as I'm helping with my family, as I'm seen today, as I get applause, as I get thanks and recognition, God, would this be for your glory? And I think that's a really simple, nice, easy way of keeping our motives in check. God, all for your glory. There's the challenge. Now for the encouragement. Because I think as, as alluring as the, um, the idea of being seen is, and as strong as that is, what is equally strong is the fear of being unseen. Um, and and I, I know that there'll be like a whole bunch of different people in this room, like in loads of different spaces. And I just felt as I was praying for and prepping this message that there are people here that feel unseen. And a, f- a few weeks ago, I got to go, um, many of you know uh, Abby Jarvis, and she invited me to her university, where I got to go and speak on the Christian faith, and to really do some like, apologetics, explain um, why I believe it to be like a valid thing, and uh, the question that I had to answer is, um, is Christianity outdated? And so there was loads of there was like different people in the room. There were like atheists. There were really liberal people, non-binary people. There were Christians, and we had this amazing time of like I did a 15-minute talk, and then it was Q and A, and they, they uh, fired in some questions like uh, over text, so it was all anonymous. I, I took my friend Adam with me, and the hardest question I got was the one that he asked. I'm like. <laughs> Uh, this is not why you're here, Adam. <laughs> uh, um, but one of the questions that came in, um, um, and we did a bit of back and forth, because I asked who, are, who, who, who had sent that question in. It was from a, a girl that had become a Christian like, probably about a year before. And she was, she was talking, and as we began to go back and forth, what came out was she's the only Christian in her family, and all of her family have somewhat ostracized her because of the decision to become a Christian. They don't get it. They don't understand it. And as, as she's talking, like, you just felt this like, pain uh, that she was in to go like, does anyone see me in that? Because that's, that's painful. And, and what, how I was able to answer, I said, oh, let me just put my pastor hat on for a second. And then just, just encouraged and just ministered for a moment to say, you know what? God sees you. God knows you. God loves you. But when we're serving sometimes and when we're doing our best to, to live for God or to be a good person or to do righteous deeds or to just like raise a good family. Um, sometimes it feels like, does anyone see this? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly carrying this weight at work and I'm constantly trying to respond in the best way and I'm constantly trying to be the bigger person. But does anyone see that? Or I'm, maybe you're a parent and you are just in the throes of parenthood and every day it's just like a battle like, does anyone see what I have to do every day? And, and maybe you are in a time where you just feel a little bit unseen in your serving, whatever that looks like. And I wanted just to pull our attention to something that we just read, and it's how Jesus talks about Father God. And then, so we've got verse 4. It says, then, then your Father, your Father who sees... Then when he's talking about prayer, he says, your father who knows. 
And then again, when about fasting, your father who sees. And I just feel like God wants to remind some people in here today, he sees you. And he knows what you're going through. He understands. He's with you. He sees every kind deed that you do. He sees every act of service that you that you've undergone and, and, and been through. He sees the weight that you're carrying and he knows, he knows what that feels like and he sees you. You are seen by him and the encouragement is, is this and to put the two things together, like what's our, what's our motivation for serving? What's our motivation for doing good? And it, it's, it's that God sees this. Like he, you may feel like you're in real obscurity at the moment. They're like, there's no eyes on it at all. No one understands your father who sees he knows he understands he loves you and uh, the beautiful thing that the Christian faith calls us to do is live a life for the audience of one Uh, not for the praise of others not for the approval of others not so that people like and love us but that God sees me God sees this deed and he knows and he loves me so can I pray for you come on just bow your head close your eyes and if if that's you, I'd, I'd love to pray. If you are just feeling um, unseen at the moment and, and, and just need that reminder, let me pray for you now. Um, could you, where every head is bowed, every eye is closed, could you just pop your hand up and I'll pray. That's wonderful, yep, yeah, that's great. You can pop them down again. Brilliant. Heavenly Father, I pray that by your spirit right now you would just uh, minister to these people. You'd remind them that you are the father that sees you are the father that knows and in the moments where it feels lonely and in the times where it feels cold and where the weight feels too heavy I pray Lord by your Holy Spirit you bring your presence your company your love your warmth help these people Lord to know that they are seen by you in Jesus name we pray Amen and, and really, that, that brings me to, um, to talk a little bit about, about baptism. Because what baptism is, is this, is this wonderful outward declaration, this wonderful demonstration of what we've been talking about. This idea that when, when they go under the water, so the guys are going to come in, there'll be two people stood in the water with them, they'll get dunked backwards. They will come back up again. It's a joke I make every time. It's been two years since we've done baptism service, everyone. Do you know what? The the last service we did before the pandemic was a baptism service. And then the world shut down. I can see some people that got baptized in that one there. So this is so good to be back here celebrating these people. They'll go under the water and that represents dying to self, leaving behind the old ways of living. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, those that are in Christ are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. It represents leaving the old ways behind, living for the self behind, living for the praise of others behind, living for own like self-motivation behind, but coming up with a new life in Christ. And that's what we are celebrating today. And I love this verse. Galatians 2:20 it says this Paul writes I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me and that's what we're going to celebrate and what I wanted to do quickly was hands up who has been baptized in this room brilliant fantastic do you remember your baptism do you remember the day 
you remember being like fully embarrassingly immersed in water and then coming up like spluttering and like, oh, snot everywhere, water everywhere. Um, everyone's clapping and you're disorientated. Suddenly you're being prayed for by someone and you get out of the water. What's happening? What can happen is we can dry off as Christians and we, we suddenly become a little bit like used to the life of faith. But what I want to remind each and every one of us as we see this amazing thing is to remember and to recall to mind the moment that I was baptized when I said, I am in Jesus, this is for you. The life I live, I now live in Christ, no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. Let's all remember our baptism. We can't all get in there. We could, Amy? No, we can't all get in there today. Um, but let's, let's refresh what it means to get baptised in Jesus' name. Tom and Amy, come on up and lead us in this next bit.